the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. Power to become. Now God is making us He's doing it, fashioning us into the people, the person that he wants us to be, that we want to be, that we can be. Things can be different with Jesus. Things are different with Jesus. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Lord Jesus and what he did and how it relates to us today. It is absolutely phenomenal. I have gone over and over and over I, I most certainly don't feel worthy to speak about this. I just wonder today if I'm going to be able to speak it clearly uh, and make it understandable. Uh, it, it, it is so absolutely marvelous, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will help me and the Holy Spirit will help you to hear and receive what happened uh, when Jesus was baptized. At his baptism... He reappeared after 18 years of silence. We hadn't heard anything from Jesus since he was 12 years old. Now he is 30 years old, and he reappears at Jordan to be baptized. It's estimated by some that he walked 60 miles from Nazareth to Jordan to be baptized. Now, if he walked and he could have traveled 20 miles a day, it took him three days to get there. He went there for us, and this is reminiscent. This is the walk at the beginning of his ministry. We also think of the walk of the Via Della Rosa as he carried his cross at the end of his ministry. But he walked those walks for us. He didn't just talk the talk and do a lot of teaching. He did that, and that is marvelous and wonderful. But he went with his body, with his life, and he gave his all for us. Now, this baptism was the official beginning of of his ministry. This was a transition from working with woodwork that he did for 18 years, a transition from working with wood tools to a transition of refashioning human hearts. I'm asking myself the question as you listen, you ask yourself the question, has my heart, your heart, been refashioned by this divine carpenter who made not only furniture, but now makes lives. 18 years of building woodwork. Now he goes for three years to refashion people's hearts. But notice this also. For 18 years, he was a young man, a young carpenter that everybody loved in Nazareth. He was a fine, upstanding young man. The scripture says from age 12 to age 30, he grew in stature. He grew in wisdom. He grew in favor with God and with man. Men, people, the citizens favored him. 
Everybody liked Jesus. He was a nice young man. He worked in the carpenter shop. But now notice the transition from being favored, liked, popular, to being one who is despised. Numerous times during those last three years, his life was, uh, was uh, sought after. And men wanted to kill him. But God protected him because it wasn't time he hadn't fulfilled his ministry. But in the end, they cried out, crucify him. This fine young man of Nazareth, now crucify him. And they did. They crucified him. But Jesus said to Pilate, for this purpose I was born. And for this purpose, this purpose alone, I came into the world. I didn't come to be a carpenter working with wood, I come to redeem souls, to take sins, the people's sins, in my own body. For this purpose, I was born. Now, here is where we get Jesus' second recorded words. His first recorded words was given when he was 12 years old. His parents missed him. They go back to the temple, and they find him there talking with the doctors, speaking, listening, sharing, asking questions. And his mother asked him, didn't you know that your father and I were concerned? We were anxious. You were missing. And he answered, first recorded words, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? That I must be about my father's business? Bang. That's the end. We don't hear anything for 18 years. And now, here is his second recorded words, John the Baptist was Jesus' first cousin. They were related. He sees Jesus coming to the Jordan. There are a lot of people there at Jordan to be baptized. Scribes and Pharisees were there to do their ridiculing. But there were a lot of people there. And when John looks up and he sees Jesus coming to him, there came to John a divine revelation. As he looked into his pure eyes, he said, Oh, my God, my first cousin! Is none other, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the revelation was there. Look at him, all you people. He's not a first cousin. He's the Son of God. He's the Redeemer of mankind. Will you look? Will you observe? Do you know? Well, come to know now. He is here, Jesus Jesus said, here's the second recorded words. Jesus replied to John, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Here's where I get hung up, to fulfill all righteousness. You know, those words, they they come like a, a, a flash that is unveiled. And so quick, one statement And we're tempted, and I am too, just to hurry past those words. He came to fulfill all righteousness. We've read that many times. But oh, what he was saying to John and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. May my eyes be open and my ears be unstopped and my heart be cleared that these words might sink deep into my consciousness, into my, uh, my, my deep unconsciousness, And may I be baptized into those words. May those words be baptized into me to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. Say those words. To fulfill all righteousness. 
meaning to do everything. I've come to do everything necessary to bring man into a right relationship with God. I've come. That's my only purpose in coming. Righteousness meaning a proper relationship with God. You see, you and I are not properly related to God. We have sinned. We have missed the mark. We have fallen short. We just don't measure up in ourselves. Only one can do that for us. Only one. No other name under heaven given among men. But Jesus Christ to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was baptized. He was sinless. He was baptized not for his sin, but for my sin and your sin. We are the ones that sin. He did nothing to confess. He did nothing to repent of. That's why John said, why am I baptizing you? This this doesn't compute. This doesn't make sense. You're the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Why am I baptizing you? This is a baptism unto repentance and confession. And Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. What happened? Listen, what happened? When Jesus was baptized, he went down into that water confessing your sins. Jesus went down into that water repenting for you and me. He had no sins. It was our sins. He had nothing to repent of. It was our repentance. Think about it. Jesus confessing our sins, repenting of our sins in baptism as he was plunged beneath the waters. The scripture says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become, there it is, power to become, the righteousness of God. You see, God at that moment charged Jesus with our sins. Jesus treated himself as a sinner as if our sin belonged to him. He says, Jack Morse's sin is my sin. Now I'm Jack Morse the sinner. And he called your name. And he confessed your sin. And he went down into the water as though my sin belonged to him. Belonged to Jesus. Now notice, God made him who knew no sin to be sin. Why? For us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God credited our sin to Jesus. Just so, God took the purity of Jesus, his righteousness, and credited it to us. Now, here is the great switch, the great exchange. God took what was mine and put it on him. And then God took what was his and put it on me. I couldn't do that for myself. You couldn't do it. We're lost without him, without recognizing him. And when I recognize Jesus as the Son of God, and I look to him as John the Baptist said... That's when the confession that he made of my sins and the repentance that he made of my sins, that's when it's activated and it comes to me and enters into my heart. 
Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. Hi friend, I'm Pastor Jack Morris of the Largo Community Church in Mitchellville, Maryland. I have a message entitled, The Rule of Peace, Part 2. It's going to help you to determine the will of God in your life in every decision that you have to make. It's something that you must hear and receive from the Lord. If you are a believer and you want to walk in the will of God, you must hear this message entitled, The Rule of Peace. Peace will make decisions for you. It'll settle disputes. Peace will determine the right action you need to take in every action you need to take in every decision you need to make. That's this coming Sunday at the 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock worship service at the Largo Community Church, 1701 Enterprise Road, Mitchellville, Maryland. That's also Bowie, Maryland. The Rule of Peace. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. Years ago, there was a man named, named Bob in the church. We have a lot of Bobs around here, don't we? That's a nice name, Bob. I, I like that name. <laughs> Bob. They came to the church uh, when we were at the school. I don't know whether they ever came up here to the little chapel or not. But at any rate, when Bob and his wife were dating, I remember his wife telling, she tells the story too. She didn't have enough money in her bank account to pay a particular bill that was coming due. And she apparently... Obviously, she did. She, she told her boyfriend, who is, who's now became her husband, she told her boyfriend, Bob, that this bill's coming due, and I don't have enough money. I don't know what to do. So Bob was pretty well off. He had a good job. He was making a lot of money. So Bob, unbeknownst to her, takes his money, goes over to her bank, and deposits money in her account. Now, when she got her, her statement, she knew that she came up short. She just didn't have the means to pay that bill. And she didn't know where she was going to get it from. But then she said, I got another statement, and there was all this money in there. She said, what happened? And she was telling Bob, they were out on a date. They were laughing about it now that they're married and had a couple of kids. They were telling friend of me about it. They said, she said, I had no idea where that money came from. It wasn't my money. Where did it come from? But there it was in my account, and I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. You see, that's what Jesus did. He looked into your account and my account. We came up short. We could not pay the bill, the price for our sin. We just didn't have it. We just came up short. We were lost. We were going to be lost forever and forever because we never could come up with what God demanded. We sinned and we fell short. We came short. We didn't have the wherewithal. And Jesus takes his own precious blood and puts it over into our account and says, I paid his bill. I paid her bill. She is free. She is free. He is free. He is free. This is what the Lord did for us. There was a man, I don't think this happened very long ago, he was caught stealing milk at a store. The cameras caught him. He was caught in the very act. And when he got to the door, the security guards grabbed him. He only had, I don't know that he, I mean, he may have had a, a gallon of milk or half a gallon. I guess it was a gallon of milk. And they had him in court. And the judge asked him, how do you plead? Well, the, man, the only way he could plead was guilty. Guilty. 
He was caught in the act. They had it on video. And so the man just hung his head and he said, guilty. The judge was silent for a moment and he said, well, since you pleaded guilty, I have no recourse or alternative but to fine you. I've got to level a fine. The fine is $10. Well, the man was crushed. If the man had $10, he would have bought the milk. (laughs) He didn't have any money. And he told the judge, he said, Your Honor, he said, I have two babies at home and they're starving. He said, that's why I stole that milk. I, my babies need, need milk. If I had the money, I would have bought the milk. But it was for my babies. Would you have mercy upon me? The judge was quiet a moment. The judge put his gavel down. The judge got up, walked off the bench, walked over to the clerk, reached in his own wallet and pulled out $10 and said, sir, you're free. He paid his bill. And then the judge walked back over to him, took out the judge who took out his checkbook and wrote him a check for $100. I'll tell you, when Jesus gives, he gives in abundance. He gives adequately. Whatever our need is, Jesus gives what we can't give, what we don't have to give. We can't even pay our own fine. There is nothing we can do. This is exactly what Jesus said when he said, let it be so now it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. I've got to do this for Jack Morris or he's damned forever. He doesn't have it in his account. He'll never get it. There's no way for him to get it in his account. But I'm going to put it in his account. I'm going to pay his fine. And I'm going to not only pay his fine to redeem his life, I'm going to bless him beyond all measure. I'm going to write him a $100 check, a million dollars, a billion, whatever it is, he's going to do this. Our sins were charged to Jesus. And the scripture says the heavens opened when Jesus came out of that water. You talk about God being pleased in what Jesus did for you. How pleased are you and I? For what he did for us. Heaven. Excuse me. And it has ever been open to you and me ever since then. Today you and I can interact with God. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. We can walk in our prayers right into the very throne room of God. Heaven is open to us. Heaven is smiling upon us, not because of anything we have done, but because of what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done. What Jesus has done. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. All because of Jesus. We are sinners in all of our righteousness, and everything we have done right, are as filthy rags before God. We just cannot redeem ourselves. But Jesus has done it. He's already confessed my sins, your sins. He's already repented of it. Now all you have to do is believe on him. And as you begin to confess, as you begin to turn away from it, what he did in in that waterly grave is activated within you. Heaven is open to you now. Heaven is open. A dear friend of mine, he was like the bishop that ordained me so many years ago when I was just a young minister, age 24. After, I think I was the last one he put his hands on. 
he went off to preach at a church, and his last sermon was, if heaven opens to me tonight, I'm ready to go through. That night, he died, 46 years old. Friend, listen, if heaven is open to you, and it is, are you ready to go through? Are you ready to step through? Are you ready to live for God now? Are you ready to pray your prayers through to heaven now? Are you ready to pass through the firmament into his presence now if he should call you? Jesus did it all. You have nothing to do but to believe on him now. Nothing to do. It's the easiest thing in the world for you to be saved. That's why God is having mercy now. But he won't have mercy in that day because God has made it so easy. It's a work that is done and Jesus did it all. Heaven opened, the Spirit of God came down upon Jesus in the form of a dove to empower him to go out and to tell you of his relationship to God and now his relationship to you. Heaven opened, the Holy Spirit came down and God looked at what Jesus did for you and me and said, I love you, son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He's well pleased for what he did for us. God is pleased for what Jesus did for us. Aren't you thankful? This is what God has done. Now, this is what the scripture says, and I'm going to close now. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, there's that word again, proper relationship with God, peace and joy, righteousness, Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Now, what is, this, what is it saying? A proper relationship with God will give to you the peace that you don't have, but you desperately want it, and you have done just about everything in the book to get it, and you still don't have it. Only a relationship, a proper relationship, a righteous relationship with God will give to you what you have searched for and chased after all your life long. God says it's yours, peace. There is that right relationship, and out of that right relationship comes that peace, that that tranquil, calm, quiet, stable, no conflict, no anxiety. Friend, isn't this what you want? God will make you to become this. And then out of that peace comes joy, delight, rapture, bliss, spiritual elation. Your money couldn't buy it. You have enough. Some of you do. Some of us do. Your pleasure hasn't done it. Your sexcapades haven't done it. You've repeated all of these things over and over, thinking that you may have missed something the last time round. But you'll keep on doing it, and God has already done it for you, given it to you. It's yours only to believe on him and to receive him. It's yours, it's yours, this righteousness, this peace, this joy. Friend, what's wrong with us? Where is our thinking? Jesus has this gift. Do you want peace? Do you want righteousness? It's yours. How do you get it? It's a gift. Nothing do you have to do but to believe on Him. Repent and confess 
He's already repented and confessed for you. It's that easy. Won't you come to the Lord today? We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with some concluding thoughts. Hi, friend. I'm Pastor Jack Morris of the Largo Community Church in Mitchellville, Maryland. I have a message entitled, The Rule of Peace, Part 2. It's going to help you to determine the will of God in your life in every decision that you have to make. It's something that you must hear and receive from the Lord. If you are a believer and you want to walk in the will of God, you must hear this message entitled, The Rule of Peace. Peace will make decisions for you. It'll settle disputes. Peace will determine the right action you need to take in every action you need to take in every decision you need to make. That's this coming Sunday at the 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock worship service at the Largo Community Church, 1701 Enterprise Road, Midgelville, Maryland. That's also Bowie, Maryland. The Rule of Peace. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.